welcome again to a novel evening i'm danny you can find me over on instagram as a novel evening podcast and over on tiktok under the same name and for this episode i'm joined by adeline grace whose novel belladonna was an absolute instagram hit um i recently read it and i absolutely loved it um it has you know love triangle tropes it's got death in it it's got a heroine who's untouched by death and i'm in anticipation of the next novel in this trilogy, Foxglove, which comes out tomorrow. Um, I literally cannot wait to get my hands on it. And I'm so, so excited to welcome Adeline onto the podcast. So a massive hello to Adeline. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm wondering where you're ringing me from because it looks very bright and sunny where you are. Yeah, so I'm in San Diego, California, uh, talking to you from my office, which is uh, in construction right now. So there's a bunch of stuff all over the place. I'm already, so I'm in Devon in the UK, um, and it's obviously meant to be summer here, but we have had torrential rain for like two weeks and the the schools have just broken up. So you said California and I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sunny San Diego known for like constant 75 degrees. I don't know what the equivalent is for that. There. Hotter than we get. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do the maths, but it's too hot. <laughs> I'm heading over there actually for the first time ever in like a month. And I'm so excited. I hope it's not as rainy, but I kind of want a little bit of rain for the atmosphere because that just seems you know, like... Weirdly, September is weirdly a nice month here. I don't think we get oh, seasons good. like most people get. They, it just does its own thing. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, I'll be there late September, early October. So you'll be coming to promote Foxglove because that is out this month, right? How does that feel? I'm so excited. It feels like it's been such a whirlwind. Um, I cannot believe that the book is just weeks away from coming out finally because I've been so deep in drafting the third book that like you forget that the second one is just about to come out. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely wild, but I'm so excited. Oh, do you know, I, I loved book one. I binge read it. I absolutely loved it. And I mean, first off, for people who may perhaps haven't picked these books up yet, have kind of seen them and aren't sure what they're about, give me the lowdown. Firstly, give me a little bit of Belladonna and then what we can expect with Fox Love. Yeah, so I like to pitch Belladonna. I always pitch it the same way. It's like a gothic Bridgerton meets Knives Out. It is about a 19-year-old girl. She, tur- she turns 20 later in the book. Um her name is Signa Faro and she can see spirits and she cannot die. And she has a very strange relationship with death himself. But unfortunately she is forced to team up with him in order to solve a murder before the murderer can strike again in this eerie Gothic manner. So yeah, it is a Gothic romance. I'm sorry. One second. <laughs> I am so sorry. I did not expect to have to have them in here today. Hey, in your bed. Okay. I also have a dog um who is an absolute nuisance. So he's firmly shut away. <laughs> they I are really rebelling as well. <laughs> I know. I hope it doesn't happen again. But okay. Um hopefully that was was fine. We could stop it. It don't worry. I've okay. we've had some weird interruptions. I have kids and dogs and cats. I'm used to shopping. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Yeah. It's, it's basically a gothic romance with murder mystery vibes. And I love that. Look, I'm, I'm an emo kid as well. So when you give me a bit of gothic vibes, a bit of death, especially, you know, 
don't want to go spoilers, but a bit of hot death um, mixed in there. I'm definitely here for that. And obviously it ends on a real cliffhanger. So again, I'm not going to give any spoilers because people need to pick up book one. But what can we expect from book two? What can you tell me about Foxglove? Yeah, okay. So there is a new challenger who has appeared at the end of Belladonna at the end of book one. And he is here to make things, he's here to liven things up. Um, he is Death's brother and he has his own agenda entirely and he is here to execute it no matter the, no matter the cost. Which we live for. We live for a bit of a sibling rivalry thrown into the mix. That's what we're all about. And I have to know, you know, when I was picking up this book, I had to know where these, this idea came from. Where did Signa come from for you? Yeah. So actually a long time ago, back when I was working in live theater, uh, I was working on the show called The Secret Garden. I have not, I will say I have not read the book. I only know the musical version of The Secret Garden and you will find a lot of little nods to the show um, in the book. So I thought of Cigna back when I was working up in the rafters, you know, all these ghosts are singing in the show. And I remember thinking that I just wanted it a little older, a little darker, maybe some romance in it. And then I looked down and there's all these unsuspecting attendees in the audience who have no idea that I'm just like looming over them uh, many, many feet up in the air. And one day while the ghosts were singing their songs, I just looked down. I was like, what would happen if I fell? Like, would I die? Would somebody, would somebody see me? Would I come back as a ghost and like haunt the theater? Um, so it was just that like initial spark of an idea, just ghosts and, you know, being able to see death that kind of got my brain churning. And Belladonna had a lot of different versions over the years. You know, at one point I drafted some of it as like a middle grade or at one point death was never a love interest. Um, and it, it took me a while to kind of figure out the actual story there. But once I had it in my head that, you know, I wanted it to be heavier on the romance. I wanted to lean into that aspect. Everything for the book just clicked together. Now I'm presuming it's going to be a trilogy that there's going to be three books in this. When you're mapping it out, did you know from book one, what was going to happen right the way to book three, right from the get go? Or did you find things changing as you were writing? Yeah. So <laughs> I always knew it was going to be three books, but when you sell it to your publisher, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of what they want to buy. So initially they bought it as a duology because initially we only sold Belladonna as a standalone book. And then at mm -hmm. every step of the week, yeah, every step of the way I kept being like, hey, you guys want another one, right? So <laughs> I just, I've always written it like this continuing series. And then my poor editor has just been like, oh, okay, I guess you have another one. Um, and we've had like many conversations about that. But yeah, there's always, I've always seen different stories and side stories and ways for the world to continue and I always try to leave myself little doors in case you know I ever want to return to stuff one day um so yeah I just I love this world so much and I would love to return to it just eternally forever I think it's so much fun I love the characters I love everything about it I have so much fun writing it it feels very rich as well. I feel like there's a lot of possibilities that could take place in this world. You know, you, you introduce a character at the end of Belladonna, who again, 
we've seen from previous Bushi Gear previous <laughs> trilogies where these other characters reappear. I feel like it's a very rich world you've created. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's been really, really fun. And, you know, when you have a character like Death, it makes you wonder, like, what else is out there? And um, that's kind of like him, which is where, you know, I'll, I'll spoil that fate is the character who appears in, in yeah. Fox Love and at the end of Belladonna, um, who is Death's estranged brother. Okay, so you have Death, you have fate, like, who else is there? Who else is there? And if I ever wanted to return to the world one day, I would just be asking myself that question, like, who else sounds fun to write about? And how was it, you know, you've previously written a duology, and I don't know, again, whether that was always going to be a duology or if it was a standalone that kind of expanded. How did this vary for you to writing that duology to this trilogy? Yeah, so my first series, I always actually envisioned it as a trilogy. And then again, it's like the being at the mercy of the publisher and what they want to buy. And they very much wanted a duology because that's what was popular at the time. So it was condensing that story to fit two books. And, you know, as I've grown in my career, as in my career, and I've had a little bit more power, I guess, saying the things that I want, like, as I've had a little bit more control um, to be able to write the stories exactly as I want to write them, that's been really freeing because I haven't had to limit myself quite as much. It's like, oh, I see the continuation of the story and I really want to write it. And I do not feel like readers will be satisfied unless I write this continuation of the story. That's been really, really great. And, you know, I'm very happy to get to write these three books in the world. And um, the third one has been announced. It's called Wisteria. And I'm very, very excited to, you know, share these, these three books with readers. And how does it feel, you know, when you're writing a trilogy, as you say, you know, handed in the third book, book three is, has been handed in. How does it feel when you've got to round out this story? Oh man, it's tough. Like there is definitely a pressure to it for sure of making sure that it feels satisfying to the readers who have stuck with you for so long. And I want to do, you know, the characters justice. I want to do the story justice. So there is certainly that pressure to it, but it's also, it's also amazing to be able to, you know, spend so much time in this world and get to flesh out these characters and get to flesh out their stories and see how they grow. Um, it's been an incredible process. It's also been, you know, very emotional. I just recently turned in the first draft of the third book, uh, like two days ago or something like that. Oh, so it's congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's very, very fresh, but you know, you write those final words and you're just like, <laughs> just crying a little bit but it's been it's been great I'm very excited to you know dive into edits and try to do all the characters justice and give readers an ending that they feel satisfied with oh and can you tell us anything about book three? Oh man I think the story of book three will become a lot clearer I think it'll become very clear when people read Foxglove Oh, okay. Because I do feel <laughs> Belladonna, it feels like there's something more. I feel like the, the foundations are being built for something bigger. Yes, yes. I am <laughs> part of why I'm dying for people to read Fox Club. And, you know, it's been a very different experience because we haven't had arcs for this book. We haven't had galleys or early copies mm. of it out into the world for anyone to read. There's been no like ebooks for it. So I've gotten to talk to nobody about this book for over a year 
and I am just dying. And part of it is because I really want people to know a little bit of what to expect in the third book. And I think that it'll become pretty clear. And I'm just very excited for that moment. And that's interesting. You said, you know, you haven't had kind of blogger copies out there or arcs. So how does that feel? You know, you said you can't speak to any about it. Is it also kind of, it builds up the mystique of this book too? Or does it kind of, it, how does that feel? Yeah, I think it, you know, I think it does build up the mystique. Um, in a way, there's like more pressure because yeah. now people are like, why, like, why, what is she hiding? Why is it so mysterious? Because we've been very careful about spoilers Yep. Um, things happen that I just do not want to leak early. And I do not want that to get out. And I want everybody to be able to experience stuff at the same time. So yeah, we've been very, very careful with the book and it's been tough because of all my other books, I've gotten to talk to people about it in advance or like, yeah. you know, get a bit of feedback. Just, yeah. Here's some things. And with this one, we don't have that, which is just, it just has me, uh, you know, writhing and dying a little bit for <laughs> August 22nd to hurry up and get here. It's not. And it's one week before my birthday. So it's my like pre birthday treat. No oh, pressure. <laughs> Happy early birthday. <laughs> I'm going to binge it before my birthday. I'm going to have a book hangover by the end of it. And I, I have so. to ask, you know, you've got these three books, you're going to be starting to work on edits, but what comes next for you? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am, I'm the kind of person where I can have a new idea every single day. Um, I, my, I, I love planning stories. I love plotting. I love thinking through story ideas and I have a lot of them. It's just a matter of, you know, what comes first. Mm -hmm. and that remains to be seen Ooh. well you know you've said as well this world is always open to you not closing any doors on this on this universe that you've built and I have to ask as well who was your favorite character to write in Belladonna and, and Foxglove yeah I, I think it's changed over the course of the series you know I love writing Signet and Death's banter um, death was always a really fun character for me to write, but I also over time have fallen in love with writing Blythe's character. So in oh. Foxglove, she gets her own point of view. It's, it's no longer just Cygna's story. Blythe is also oh, a main yeah. character and she is incredibly nosy. She is very fun. She's very unafraid to give her opinion and say exactly what she's thinking um, and she has been a lot of fun to write. And, you know, I used to think death was like the funniest character too, but I actually think it's probably Blythe. And that's interesting because the Blythe that we meet in Belladonna is, sounds like a very different, or at least a, you know, a shade of this character. So it's been lovely to be able to write her growing. Yeah. I mean, in Belladonna, you know, she spends most of her story in bed, sick, dying. She doesn't really get to do very much. Um, and then in Foxglove, there's a whole different side of her. You know, there's that more lively side of her that you get to experience and, you know, know what she was like kind of before this terrible event happened to her. And yeah, just a lot more exploration into her character. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I said, I absolutely loved Belladonna. I'm so excited for Foxglove. I mean, it's, it's not long. I feel like it's come around very quickly. I can remember seeing all the beautiful cover art of Belladonna coming out. And I have to ask because how much input do you get with these covers? Cause they're beautiful for a start. 
Thank you. Um, I have lucked out immensely with publishers who actually care enough to let me have a, a lot of opinions. Um, there was actually an entirely different cover for the UK edition of Belladonna in the beginning. And it, you know, it was fine, but I did not feel like it was a true reflection of mm -hmm. the book. So there was a lot of phone calls, a lot of chatting, a lot of different ideas. And yeah, we actually like all got on a phone call and talked through, you know, a live bird, a dead bird, the foliage uh, in the background and how it would be like, like progressively as you go down towards the image, like it would be dying. So there was a lot of conversations about that. And I, I do feel very heavily involved in my covers in both the UK and the US. I've been able to have a lot of say, and it's been awesome. The teams are wonderful. Oh, they are they are so stunning as well. And as I can remember when I first saw the cover of Belladonna come out as a little sneak peek uh, and I needed it straight away. So honestly, they are so, so beautiful. And look, I'm now... Sometimes I have some ideas of what people are going to kind of do on their novel evening. Um, I'm usually wrong, but I have to say, I'm really not sure with yours. I feel like this is going to be a surprise for me. I, I have no guesses at all. Huh, okay, let's do it. Let's do this. Okay, so the first thing I always ask is where we're going to go for a novel evening. Yeah, I want to go somewhere super fantastical, like garden vibes, like beautiful, lush kind of fairy tale tea party sort of vibes yeah oh well is this daytime is this nighttime it is directly in the middle it is the sunlight is waning we have it going down it's starting to get dark you know the lights are just like the twinkle lights they're just it's that golden on. hour time that's yeah. just starting to okay okay I can see this I can see this this is beautiful and when we're having a tea party what what are you gonna eat Oh my, okay. So yeah, I know it's like a tea party, but I also want like, I don't know, for some reason, I don't even know that I want to eat this just in my head. This is what is here. There's like a big thing of roast in my head and I don't know why, because I don't really eat that. Um, but that's what, <laughs> but that's, what's there in my head. And there's also of course, like sandwiches and lots of, you know, yeah. like the, the tiered trays, there's lots of sweets. There's lots of uh, the finger sandwiches um, and apparently a roast. I mean, it's, it's like high afternoon tea meets, yeah, Sunday dinner. I mean, I'm British, yes. so we have roast all the time. I mean, we say it's Sunday. I People seem to eat roast all the time. So, But it has to have roast potatoes. That's the only concession I have to make. You can't... <laughs> I lived in Canada for a while and we did Thanksgiving and my, my English family, we'd moved to Canada for a bit and they brought out this turkey accompanied with mashed potatoes. And you've never seen a horror <laughs> etched like the mashed potatoes that came out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've had roast in years. I don't know why we're <laughs> having it at this at this party, but it is in my head. So that's what's there. I mean, isn't it, I always forget it's kind of a really British thing that we just, Sundays we just have roast dinner. There's no real good reason for it. It's just what we do. And when I talk to my like American friends, like we have roast like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I like it. I like, it's kind of got a bit of a kind of Tudor feast meets garden party vibe. You got that kind of. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll be delicious. I think there's like plum puddings. Oh, apparently, we're going a little Christmas with this too now because there's also Ooh. like plum pudding in my head, which I think is like a Christmas thing. Yeah, I feel like it was a Christmas thing in like the 1800s. Um, yeah, okay. So we're bringing it back. <laughs> I, I have never eaten plum a plum pudding in my life. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I don't know. I don't know why we're doing this, but, um, you know, it, the this tea party wants what the tea party wants. Yeah. I, I'm here for it. I love Christmas, uh, in any form, any setting. Um, I'm willing to try plum pudding. I'm willing, you know, there's songs about it. So it has to be good. I would, I would hope so. Although there's also that figgy like, pudding. oh, that's figgy. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also like Turkish delight in, uh, Narnia um, that is supposed to be yes. amazing. And, uh, I've heard that's not great. Oh, t- have you never had Turkish delight? Apparently I've not had a lot of things that we're talking about today. <laughs> I remember reading Narnia as a kid and that Turkish delight sounded so good. And then when I had it, it's like eating soapy jelly. Oh, <laughs> it yeah, tastes that like flowers. That doesn't sound you might love it. <laughs> you might, I don't want to do anyone dirty here with Turkish likes. I'm sure some people love it. I'm sure it's a delicacy, but I don't understand. <laughs> but okay, we'll keep it out sounds, of the tea party. Yeah, this sounds, this is impressive. Okay. So we've sat up at golden hour, you know, it's going to start fading into nighttime. We've got our roast and our plum pudding and our high tea. Who's the first person who's going to come into this gathering? Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to be bringing a lot of my author friends. Whenever we get the chance to do events together, we try to go to do like a tea. Uh, It's just kind of a fun thing we like to do. So I'm willing to bring some of them and I think some of our characters too, because I just think that would be like a really fun time. So I will bring Rachel Griffin and I'm going to pick out of her characters. She doesn't get a choice. It's, It's my choice. And it's uh, Wolf Hawthorne from her newest book, Bring Me Your Midnight, because he's Ooh. broody and attractive, so he can come. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll bring Adrian Young, and we're going to bring Saint. Um, apparently, we're just bringing like eye candy, I guess, at this point. I did my 100th episode <laughs> of A Novel Evening, and my best friend hosted it. And then at the end, after we finished recording, she's like, you do realize you just invited hot guys. Like there wasn't really, it wasn't. Is there a problem fine. with that? I approve. Food <laughs> <laughs> and hot and eye candy? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Uh, I'm going to bring Stephanie Garber. And, you know, I was going to say Jax, but I'm actually, let's do Jax and Evangeline. I think that'll be a lot of fun to just listen to them like bigger. Oh, I agree. I do have a real thing for Jax though. I have to say there's something about Jax. I know, I know he's the bad guy, but we do love that. Is he? I mean, like, he is, but... <laughs> he's conflicted. He's uh, good. He's fine. I like the two, two of them. I do like, and I, I usually have very pink hair, so Evangeline, maybe I'll redo it for that. I mean, Evangeline can talk pinks. Yes, yes. I think that would be so fun. And then I want to bring um, Kristen Dwyer, and the right. Aubrey family from Some Mistakes Were Made. And I think that would just bring like a certain kind of really fun chaos because okay. they are just hilarious and all over the place. So really, this is just like a friend dinner. Oh, I guess, you know, I should bring one of my characters too. Um, <laughs> I will not bring Death, even though I think he's hilarious. I don't want to die. Be, yeah, thing is, that could be awkward. For the, the yeah. other guests as well, and you just rock death up. 
Yeah. I mean, he likes tea parties. He has a fun time with them, but I don't think he'll be coming to mine. Um, so I will bring, let's bring Blythe and Faith. I think that would be fun. Oh, we're bringing, we're not inviting death and we're bringing Faith. That's controversial. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, I don't want to die. And then if I don't bring him, like Cigna might be a little bit bummed so she can, they can go have their own tea party for now. And I'll bring some of the other characters for the time being, I don't know, maybe I'll have my own little tea party in the future with death at a safe distance. (laughs) (laughs) Sat quite far apart but talking I I like this though it's I can feel the kind of slightly chaotic vibes that are going on here mm-hmm. I feel like it's been quite a raucous gathering it would be you know yeah I feel like there's a couple people with like calming energy and mm-hmm. then there's people like you'll just look on one side of the table and the Opry family will be like arguing and joking and then the other side will be like bickering um and I'll just be eating roast apparently just eating plum pudding watching things unfold <laughs> i mean there are worse ways to spend an evening you've got eye candy you've got some chaos you've got some maybe jackson evangeline bring a little banter you've got your friends mm-hmm. what more could you want i think it sounds great yeah and also i love roast meat so i would just pick away at that quite happily <laughs> in a corner with my little plate yeah just that watching the like show it. exactly that sounds like a great exactly. time and usually I ask if there's anybody who's not welcome at your party. Yeah, uh, definitely death. And then probably like Elon Musk. <laughs> not, we don't want Elon at a, a gathering like this. No, no, I think I'll, I think I'll pass on him. Even, you know, he's just changed the name of Twitter. So, you know, kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal right now. Yeah, I don't know. He was the first person that came to my mind when you were like, who don't you want to invite? And it's like, well, obviously Elon. I mean, to be fair as well, I feel like Elon likes to talk about Elon. Yeah. And, you know, I want to like listen to the bickering and watch the show that everybody's putting on for me. Listen to Elon talking weirdness. Right. (laughs) And also he'd be lost on many of the guests who are fictional. They'd be like, who is he? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think he would have a fun time i don't think he would be a good time so elon can stay at home no elon i agree with that and i i love this tea party i hope when you come to the uk you're you're planning a tea party i am planning so many tea parties (laughs) like i feel like if there was a way i could just do one every single day that is what i would do i like they all do them just a little bit differently Yes, I have looked at so many pictures and I feel like I've just like been salivating looking at Yelp and reviews and just staring at the pictures of these beautiful tiered plates with, okay, oh, uh, clotted cream. I've never had (gasps) clotted cream and I want it so bad, especially like I've talked about scones or as the narrator of the book says, scone. Mm -hmm. Scone. I talk about them many, (laughs) many times. But I've never had like the the cream and I want to try that so bad while I'm out there. So I'm in I'm in Devon. So we mm-hmm. it, it's fairly controversial. So there's Devon and Cornwall. We do cream teas with classic cream and jam, but there is a controversy about which way round you put your jam and your cream. So when you go and have mm. your classic cream, this is a request from me for you to post it and we'll see if you get it right. <laughs> oh, you're not gonna tell me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, so I'm actually a really bad Devonshire person anyway, because I like it the wrong way around. I like to put jam first because then you can put more cream on top. 
Oh. And that's the wrong way. So I'm I'm quite I'm not really faithful to the Devon ways. <laughs> See, in my head, what it is is it's like okay, this kind of maybe this sounds really American. I'm not sure. Um, but I think of it as like, okay, if you're gonna like butter a piece of toast and then you're gonna put the jam. See, that's like you're not what, gonna that is what a lot of people say. But I like I don't want to spread my cr- I want to dollop. I want to dollop my cream on. Yeah, that actually makes sense to me because like what I think <laughs> when I think about like what I want touching my tongue, I want it to be the cream. Ex- exactly. Clotted cream is you're about to unlock like a new level. And I don't know if you could even get it in America, which I think is the I don't know if you have your own version of clotted cream, but it's it's like I, I, thick and hard but also like gooey. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah, I have found stores that like have they've like imported it but I have not bought it because I feel like I need to experience it in like real life in the yeah exactly yeah you need it you need a fresh bait scone you need proper clotted cream you need some fresh strawberry jam I know you can do other jams but I don't agree with it on a personal level (laughs) just strawberry that's what you need and little finger sandwiches can I eat that for breakfast, like every and lunch, like every day? Is that acceptable? Yeah, well, I would if I hadn't had two children. I absolutely <laughs> would. Honestly, I love it. And we go through these weird, you know, you have like Wimbledon and stuff, and suddenly they have scones everywhere. And I'm, I mean, for where I live, so I live in. If you ever come visit, I live in basically the hometown of Agatha Christie. So that's where oh, where I live. Cool. Yeah, never read any of her books, so. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm like, that's a cool fact, but that's the one thing we're known for is like a Devon cream tea. So I will be, you, I, this is a demand now. You must post it so I can judge it <laughs> as an oh, expert. I will. I mean, I fully intend to make every single person who follows me incredibly jealous as I am yes. enjoying my, yes. my clotted cream and my tea. And whatever ones you have, I feel like you should have some kind of rating system going on for the, the teas. That, that is a good idea. And that there's an excuse fantastic. to try more. That's a series right there. And then you run out as many as you want because you've got to test them. You are so right. I'm stealing that idea. That is a fantastic <laughs> idea. And I can't wait. With such rage, like, oh, oh <laughs> this is so good. What a dumb idea I had. Now I'm just livid. <laughs> but look, and as well, so when are you coming to the UK? What events are you doing here? What's happening? Yeah. So when I'm super, oh my gosh, this is funny. It's actually every single person in the tea party uh, that we just invited. I'm doing, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing an event with them in Edinburgh. Um, When is that? It's like, it's, um, it's in like mid-September. Nice. It is from, it's hosted by Toppings, but it's at this beautiful church venue. Um, I'm super excited for that one. And then I'm doing an event in Piccadilly in London uh we haven't officially announced that yet so I don't even who knows if I was supposed to say that but whatever doing an event in Piccadilly I will wait we will wait with bated breath for when this is and I will do my <laughs> up I'm so far from London I'm about as far from London as you can get but I would very much like to recreate the tea party and turn up <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so Just fun make it oh yes, my goodness I'm- I'm so excited for it. I'm super, super, super stoked to go to Europe for the first time. And yeah, those and are And you never, you didn't events. come for Belladonna. Like you didn't come for them? No, it was right after the pandemic when I toured for Belladonna. And it was very much like 
some stores were still doing masks. It was still kind of scary. So yeah, this is the first one I'm going kind of all over for. I'm going to Madrid and Paris too. And I'm very excited. Wow. Oh my goodness. I mean, this is a food tour of Europe you're about about to be able to do. Basically, basically like I'm really just traveling to uh, eat, I guess. That's why everybody travels. Yeah, apparently <laughs> That's what I want to do when I travel. Well, look, and before I let you go, and uh, before you, you know, you got all this coming up, are you reading anything at the moment in your downtime? Yeah, I recently just started the audiobook of Thursday Murder Club, uh, which Ooh. I am enjoying so far. It's another murder mystery. Is, is this uh, some British prep? For- <laughs> you know, I feel like that's just my life in general. Like, just... Like I would love to spend my days drinking tea and eating scones, which I know how to pronounce now. Okay. Um, Although actually my roast. Northern friends would, would very much disagree with me and would say it's scone, but. Really? Yeah, you'll hear, They're... you're going to have many different variations, things like bath. My Northern friends would say bath. For a scone? No, for like, so if we were saying a bath, so I say, I'm oh, okay. Say bath, but they would say a bath. So they would say, they would say scone and I say scone. So you're going to hear all the variations of all these things. Okay. For a second, I thought that was like another word for <laughs> scone, scone. I was like, oh my You've God, there's so much I don't know. Everything. everything. If you want a, like a bread roll, if you're going to buy a bread roll, we call it a butty. Oh, I've never heard of that one. No, so if you had a bacon roll, you would call it a bacon butty. I know you guys have jumpers out there. We do wear jumpers. Which are like yeah, sweaters, sweaters, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We don't wear sweaters. We wear jumpers. Yeah. Trousers. <laughs> okay. Instead of pants. Yeah. Yeah. Our trousers are like very, I feel like our trousers out here are like very specific, like a specific look. I think when you guys say trousers, that's more of like a suit thing, right? That's yeah. like a smart, whereas we just say trousers for, and the pants are your underpants. Okay. <laughs> and my oh, favorite man. one is you guys have a fanny pack, right? Yeah. So a bag, yeah, fanny yeah. pack. Yeah, we call those bum bags. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. If you say those. fanny pack in Britain, you you get some very odd licks because that does not mean the same thing at all. <laughs> I love those. It's so funny. Like I have wanted to go there all my life and I'm so excited. And I, I feel like I'm worried though, because I have this thing that when somebody is like talking in an accent, it's really hard for me not to do the same thing. And like when I read Belladonna or Foxglove out loud, or when I'm doing like edits or past pages, I read it to myself in a British accent and I can't not do it. And it's the most embarrassing thing ever, because if anybody like ever asks me to read a passage of the book, I have to try so hard with every single line to read it like in a normal voice and like my normal voice in your accent rather than my accent. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I turn, I turn British when I read Belladonna and it's, it's embarrassing. It's so mortifying. The key, the key to when I lived in Canada and people used to kind of not mock my accent, but they'd be copying the difference with us over here is our T's. So everything's like, I don't know if we were saying like Harry Potter Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're real strong water we're real strong on the t's there's mm-hmm. a tip for your british accent when you need to <laughs> yeah it's just i i think there's like a word for it too like when people just unintentionally like slip into an act like they just can't help themselves and i have that and it is 
I have to focus so hard because I don't want anybody to think that I'm like making, making fun, fun of them or yeah. anything. <laughs> Yeah, and you're gonna be like, surrounded by British people. I know. I'm gonna die. It's yeah. It's it's bad. It's bad. This makes me want to come to your event even more because there's a <laughs> chance we might get to hear the British retelling. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I'll just be the only the only one out of our group just who suddenly turns be British. Like, what what is she doing? We promised she wasn't like this before we brought her here. She usually sounds fairly American, but <laughs> I'm from I'm from Arizona, so if anything, I'm supposed to have like a little bit of a a country twang. Oh, I okay. I have a friend who is very American. I'd say it probably like deep South American. Mm-hmm. But but that's probably the only. So I will sometimes try and do her accent, but it's I think I can do more of like a Californian. I won't do it because it would be horribly offensive. But that's the American I if I if someone said like, oh, do an American accent, I think I go very like Valley Girl. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to draw everything out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's a question <laughs> at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when yeah, we we'll yeah. we'll test each other's accents. Yeah, you could you could do my California one and I will apparently turn British. This sounds ideal. This sounds perfect. Look, <laughs> thank you so, so much. I'm going to let you enjoy the rest of your day. This has been such a pleasure and I'm so excited for Fox Love. Um, and I'm so excited that you're going to be over here and I really hope I can check out one or two of your events when they're announced. But yeah, thank you so much and I wish you all the best of the books. I think it's going to be fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. And yeah, I would, I would love to see you in London. So hopefully that works out and we will see you. I'll bring scones. <laughs> Yay, or scones. Who knows what will be that day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of A Novel Evening. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Please remember to go over and rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And check us out on Instagram at A Novel Evening Podcast and over on TikTok under the same name. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.